Hello, everyone, and welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host, your faceless host, of course, <laughs> Tiffany. And joining me in our studio, we have Doug, Elliot, and Erica. And as always, on the wheels of steel in the background, <laughs> holding it down for all of us is Damien. What up? So to <laughs> today, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic no one's sick of it at all yet i'm sure <laughs> so we're going to talk about the covid and how things seem to be kind of loosening up as governments all over the all over the world are kind of loosening up their restrictions that never should have been in the first place but that's a time for a whole other discussion but uh, businesses are reopening, more people are going out, but of course, you know, you have to do it safely with the mask and everything. But it just seems like recently there's a few articles that are popping up here and there, and it's showing that what was said in the beginning, uh, the health authorities are now backtracking on. And I thought that it would be good to start with a YouTube video from CNN. And this can kind of give a reminder of just how retarded and no offense to anyone who actually is truly intellectually disabled, <laughs> but just how retarded this whole thing was earlier when this first came out i think this video was from march i don't know if we can pull it up i can't remember the date but it's of dr gupta it was april 2nd and, yeah april 2nd so it wasn't like that long ago even though time just seems to fly in corona land mm -hmm. so that was like about two months ago but this is Dr. Gupta, and he's demonstrating the proper way to sanitize your items when you come back from the grocery store. Do we have that ready? Yeah, hang on. Um, but there's there pro produce from the supermarket. Sandra? Um, so it's, it's interesting, you're, you're not, this is not a foodborne illness. Uh, you know, I just want to make that clear because a lot of people think if you eat this virus because your food's been contaminated, uh, could you get it? You, you can't. I mean, this is a respiratory virus. So it's, it's more a question of the packaging. You know, you just have to think about uh, is there any risk of contamination in other ways. But uh, you're not going to get like a GI type thing from eating the virus. But so, Sanjay, if people feel compelled to sanitize their groceries, we I know just like we did with the hand wash and we asked you to film a, uh, a tutorial. So let's take let's take a look at this. OK, people do need to grocery shop, obviously. Try and limit the number of times you go to the grocery store. That'll just allow you to keep better social distance. And keep in mind, uh, this is not a foodborne illness. You're not going to get it from eating the food. And it's very unlikely you're going to get it from packages. But we do know the virus can live on surfaces, for example, steel and plastic for up to three days. I've used a little glitter here for my kids to show you what the virus might be like. We know they can live on cardboard, for example, Thanks, up to 24 Doc. hours. So what I've done here is I've created a dirty area and a clean area. This was a, a, a suggestion from Dr. Van Wingen up in Michigan. Here's my dirty area. I'm just going to clean all the virus off. Here. Don't need to do too much. It's a pretty sensitive virus. You don't need to use any kind of specific wipe either. Any household cleaner will do. 
And then once I'm sure I got this clean, I put this into the clean area. And again, for a cardboard, oh it's typically gonna be closer to 24 hours. This wipe you had virus all over it. Well. <laughs> once you're confident about that, I get all the glitter hey, off in this case. He just transferred it from then the Campbell soup can from the box of spaghetti. Now, one thing exactly. I do wanna show you, if you are wearing gloves and you don't need to wear gloves, the biggest key is how you take them off. You wanna make sure you don't contaminate yourself. So you grab the inside of the glove here and pull it over itself. And then I grab with my finger over here from the inside and pull that over as well. And I drop that into yeah. the dirty area also. Finally, I clean my hands one more time. So, but just two things, just to be clear, you don't need to Look wear Look at his face, tonight. he's and, laughing. Um, and he also, knows how stupid it is. Any wipe will do, I mean, you know, like a Kleenex or, or a dish towel or, or needs to have soap on it or? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think you need to have a particular type of wipe, but some sort of cleaner, you know, something like that. Uh, it's, it's a pretty sensitive virus. So it doesn't so. have to be uh, a, um, you know, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a Purell kind of thing? No, it doesn't have to be a Purell. I mean, you know, even a spray type cleaner or something like that that you might use on cloth or or whatever. You know, it, okay. it's it's a it's a virus that that uh, responds. You know, will will be affected by that pretty easily. So you know, that's just an example of what you can do. I that's that's what we've started doing in our house and leave packaging outside if you get takeout food and still keep social distance. But you know, it works pretty well. <laughs> keep okay, social uh, distance. But still, the majority of transmission is person to per to person. Right, and, 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 and you know, respiratory droplets that are in the air. You can touch surfaces and then touch your eyes, nose, or mouth, which right. is why, you know, like I, I think it's a very low likelihood to, for it to happen off of, uh, of groceries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, being cautious, especially at sure. this time, is a good idea. Low likelihood, but still wipe your groceries down. It's so yeah. stupid. And then he says, remember, this is not a foodborne illness. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't this spread by people in China eating bat soup? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, keep your story straight. So anyway, this is just an example of how, you know, now they're saying there's no need to actually uh, do that. You don't have to wipe your surfaces down. Yeah. So... Because it doesn't apparently, like the CDC has actually come forward and said, it doesn't spread easily from touching surfaces or objects. And the funny thing was is that apparently they were actually pretty like covert about how they did this. They didn't actually just like you know issue a press statement or something like that. They just changed it on their website. That's all they did. Uh -huh. Like they used to uh -huh. have it under um, possible ways that you can catch this virus, and now it's under unlikely ways that you can catch it or, or something along those lines anyway mm -hmm. well they say it still may may be possible to spread <laughs> the virus from contaminated surfaces so which are they purposely trying to confuse the issue i know people are pretty confused in general yeah but it seems like I don't know. I can't even argue with it because it's just so illogical there's really nowhere to start <laughs> yeah it's true I mean, you know, yeah. how, like, it, it really seems like the, the from the get-go, especially CNN, okay, because, I mean, they're just total trash, but, like, mm -hmm. it seems like the media from the get-go has been really plugging the fear aspect, like, how they can make people more afraid. It's not enough that you're afraid of everybody around you, because they mm -hmm. are disease-carrying mutants that are going to, you know, give you the plague, but you have to be afraid of your groceries, too. <laughs> and you have to be afraid of everything in the outside world, touching anything. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Well, there was a preliminary study from March that said that the novel coronavirus can remain in the air for up to three hours and live on surfaces such as plastic and stainless steel for up to three days. So who knows like how accurate this study was and what all the parameters that they used to actually come up with these numbers. Yeah. But the whole thing just doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't seem like people actually realize that because I've seen people wearing masks in their cars Mm -hmm. by themselves with gloves on and the windows rolled up (laughs) and (laughs) people have been wearing masks in grocery stores and other places, but you see them touching their faces all the time. They're not maintaining social distancing. So, So even the people who are kind of going along with this whole story, they don't see the contradiction in their own behavior. Like if you're really going to believe this thing, it seems like you should be all in and very cognizant of everything that you're doing at all times in order to prevent spreading this infection. But the people who seem to be like really into it, I watch them and they're not doing anything special (laughs) that would prevent anything, even if they did believe it. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's interesting, even with like that, um, you know, demonstration that we saw, even stores um, are continuing with this protocol, even though, like Doug said, the CDC came out and said it's not really a a contact point anymore. But, you know, things like um, if you bring your own bags to the grocery store, they make you take them back to your car, they or they make you load your bags outside of the store like you have your own recyclable bags but then you walk up to the counter and they take your cash no problem you know what i mean so and it 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 starts to feel like a a clown show yeah like if can you stand on one foot and uh tap your head and rub your belly all at the same time yeah you know what i mean and it's interesting where i noticed it almost is it like a fascist approach? Is that uh, health food stores, Whole Foods, <laughs> Trader Joe's, Sprouts? They seem to have taken these kind of precautions mm-hmm. to the umpteenth extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. places like um, Sam's Club or Walmart, it, it's not as intense, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Me too. Um, at Whole Foods, they're making you wear a mask. I attempted to go to a Trader Joe's just the other day, and their line was all the way across the front of the building, all the way down the side of the building, and almost to the back of the building. Of course, I didn't go in mm-hmm. because that's just stupid to wait in a line just to <laughs> go yeah. to the grocery store. But uh, another thing that I noticed is that some of these big chain stores they used to count people like be standing at the door and have a little line like in front of home depot or uh costco or someplace like that but around where i live they're not doing that anymore people are just walking in and the stores are crowded yeah they're not prohibiting they have like a sign up on the door saying only this number of people are allowed in but no one's really enforcing it at least not around where i live well 
Erica, what you were saying about the uh, health food stores, I noticed that as well. I've got a local health food store close to me. And right around the beginning of this whole thing, they wouldn't actually let you go into the store. You had to go in, you could stand in kind of the doorway and they would squirt stuff on your hands and then they would ask you what they what you wanted and they would go around and get the stuff for you because you couldn't enter the store. But then you had to walk in to pay. And you know, <laughs> the whole thing was just so stupid. And it was kind of like you know, a friend of mine said at the time it's like, you know, I thought that like these health food store people were really confident in like how good organic food was for you and all these health products and stuff like that. Shouldn't they be the least afraid of this thing? But it mm-hmm. seems like it was the exact opposite. Like maybe it's the people mm-hmm. who are like super paranoid and go for all the, the cleanest stuff that are actually falling for it more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that even though the initial evidence, which I believe wasn't peer-reviewed and, and has kind of been disproven now, it's unfortunate that it's only the initial impression that sticks in people's mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. They read a headline, they see something on the news, which is actually false. Um, and then it's almost like any amount of information can come out after that point. And it makes no difference. It makes absolutely no difference whatsoever in that once that initial impression, that belief, that fear is formed in their minds, then that sticks. And you see that with everything. It's, it's a very interesting kind of mechanism that, pl- that, that that's at play here. And it, you see it playing out generally with regard to any kind of social, political, economic event or piece of news that someone comes across. When they get, when they first read the piece of information, it's like that's that's that stays there, and it's very difficult. It's very, very, very difficult. Even when the initial source, the source of the information, comes out and says that they were wrong, mm-hmm. it's really hard for people to to actually change their change their belief on it, and. You see that actually, um, it's same in the UK. Generally, if you are to go to a shop, then um, the um, the employees basically walk around with like a spray can kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. with like anti-back, and, and they're and they're they're kind of they they have to uh, wash down everything that anyone has touched mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure that uh, there's no contamination. Um, <laughs> and when you've see then actually there's no evidence that there was ever any contamination or that even if there is it doesn't mean that it's infectious it's it's you know it's it's kind of funny to watch yeah yeah well another thing that they said in the beginning did they say this um about it spreading from animals to people i mean of course it had to have if it came from the the meat market in wuhan as they're claiming but they were testing like uh, house cats and somebody had like some kind of wild cat like a i don't want to say a cheetah but something they tested that and that big cat came up with coronavirus and they were testing all these animals. And, you know, there was this fear that it could be spread. It can jump from your house cat to you. Mm -hmm. But now they're saying, of course, you know, that's not possible. It's not happening. Yeah. It's the media is being so disingenuous in all of this because they're the ones Mm -hmm. who are spreading all this stuff in the first place. And then when they come out and correct it, um, or they don't necessarily correct it, but they come out with the, the you know whatever is next in the news cycle. 
they don't reference back and say, you know, we told you this before, but it turns out it's not mm-hmm. true or something. And they'll ju- they'll just add it in there as if as if they never said anything differently before. You know, it's kind yeah, of like, like it's just an afterthought. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like more information is starting to come out in the in the mainstream press. That's it's a little closer to the truth, at least. But one mm-hmm. thing that happened recently, and this is like huge, the CDC actually confirmed that the coronavirus death rate was actually remarkably low, right? And it got no press. Nobody said anything anywhere. There's an article actually on um, the Blaze. Actually, Damien, maybe you could pick that one, uh, put that one up. Uh, it was called uh, Horowitz, CDC confirms remarkably low coronavirus death rate. Uh, where's the media? And it's, you know, it's a good question because like they basically came out and said that it's overall is, what was it, point. 0.26% is the um, the overall death rate for COVID. And, you know, yeah. you combine that in with um, your chances of actually getting it. You know, that's only like people who actually get it, your chances of dying, 0.26%. Mm-hmm. But then your chance of actually getting it, put that on top of it. And it turns out that your rate of actually, you know, your, your chance of dying of COVID, if you're actually like a, a reasonably healthy individual, is like... You know, you're more likely to get struck by lightning, you know, mm-hmm. or have a horrible car accident or something like that. It's it's ridiculous. But you don't see that level of um, information getting out there into the mainstream media right now. They're still stoking the fire, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was a genuine statistic, right? It was mm. saying that people under a certain age, they are statistically more likely to be struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. You are statistically more likely to die in a car crash. You are statistically more likely to, you know, experience many other fates rather mm-hmm. than COVID-19. Um, again, this concept of making <laughs> very kind of extreme predictions, which had, very little evidence. I mean, what was the initial prediction of the death rate? I think it was Ferguson in the UK at Imperial College who predicted that there was going to be, what, 50 million, mm-hmm. 50 million deaths worldwide. Um, and it, as the data is coming out, it seems that, what is it? Um, yeah, they, they, they think that the amount of people that have had it without actually becoming sick so they get the virus, but actually, you know, they, 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 were, they were kind of, they recovered from it and that was fine. Uh, I think they, they said that it was up to um, 50 to 80 fold times the amount of people that they originally thought would be able to get it, but be okay with it, if that makes sense, if I remember correctly. Basically, um, the predictions were massively overblown, mm-hmm. completely criminally overblown. Now, whether this was just sheer incompetence or whether it was there was some kind of nefarious agenda there, mm. you know, that that that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. But ultimately, either way, best case scenario, they were just downright wrong. Worst case scenario, they were intentionally manipulating us. Um, but the effects that this has had is that people are still left with the initial kind of impression that they were given, or they still are under the impression that this is an extremely dangerous disease. Mm-hmm. But the evidence does not support that in any 
in any sense. This is very similar. I mean, there was, you know, there was a, um, like a, a meta-analysis kind of thing that came out recently or a, a statistical analysis. And they basically said the death rates are pretty much the same as the flu. Like not much different to the flu. So, you know, there's not all that much to be worried about, as we've been saying for how long. I mean, you don't lock down the world for the flu. Right. There is something else going on here. Um, yeah. I think it's like we said a few weeks ago or maybe even a few months ago, like Tiff said in the intro, it's hard to tell. Time has really kind of expanded into this unknown reality, but that it is a mind virus. Like all of these little tidbits of things are just creating this fear and paranoia. And instead of people objectively looking at the, the information, they're like, well, we're just going to push forward. You know, what's that saying? Like no good crisis goes on utilized you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. and um it's really it's now gotten to the point where it's just a complete inundation of your brain and your energetic system and you're just going to continue to do all these things that have now been said by the cdc don't work mm -hmm. well as you mentioned nefarious deeds elliot i think we can see much much of the nefarious deeds that are already in place, like the lockdown, uh, certain people not being able to go to work because their jobs are non-essential, uh, being told we have to wear a mask, being told we have to uh, stay in our homes, we have to stay six feet away from people. Those are the nefarious deeds that are happening right now. So all of these lockdowns and uh, the things I just mentioned were put into place because of these over-exaggerated numbers. So I'm ultra suspicious. I always think that if you're basing what you're going to implement in society on these numbers and the numbers are wrong, then I say that uh, I can be forgiven for drawing the conclusion that the numbers were wrong on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. I mean, especially like, you know, with the lockdown in particular, you know, it's it's so crazy because, you know, they, they, they lock everybody in their homes and everything like that because of these models that they're predicting these, uh, these deaths based on, you know, mm -hmm. supposedly that's why they did it. And then, you know, the numbers are not materializing. So now they can just turn around and say, well, it's because of the lockdown. You know, we, we had this model and we know what would have happened if we hadn't a lockdown. But what's coming out now, there was actually an article in the Daily Mail um, about a study that was done by J.P. Morgan, which kind of made me think, what the hell's going on here? Since when does J.P. Morgan do these kinds of studies? But anyway, it basically showed that um, the lockdowns essentially failed. You know, they were... Mm -hmm comparing um, different lockdowns, the, the strictness of the lockdown, when people lifted the lockdown, when people instituted the lockdown, like different countries and things like that, and found that there was absolutely no difference between any of those parameters. Or, or I mean, there was no difference in the severity of the virus and how virulent it was um, given those different parameters. So what they were basically saying is that it didn't matter what anybody did. The... The, the lockdown did not work at all. Mm. 
So, yeah, the whole lockdown was a scam in and of itself. I mean, we've been saying this for months now, but um, it was nice to have a study to back it up. Yeah, because when you look at Sweden, they don't have any more cases than countries who did do a full lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, it I seems... think they just wanted to lock everybody in their houses for some reason. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's that's kind of a conclusion that you'd be, um, you know, you'd be forgiven for coming to based <clears> on all of the data because it seemed like there wasn't any evidence for lockdowns in the first place. In fact, there was absolutely zero evidence of lockdowns, like the, the, the benefit of lockdowns. Um, there wasn't really much evidence for anything that they recommended. Um, and they came out and you had major, um, you know, public health agencies, organizations, institutions, you know, big international kind of, um, bodies who were coming out and, and making quite solid statements, quite conclusive statements, um, about things that they didn't really know that much about. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, now it looks like they're backtracking on that. And I think it's because the data is coming out and it's not looking good for them. Yeah. You know, it's really not looking good. And there's a lot of people who aren't happy. And these ain't just, you know, ordinary working class folk, although that is important, but you know, these are high level academics, um, other high profile individuals who are coming out and speaking out against this mm-hmm. have the education, have the, you know, the reputation to be able to actually do some, you know, kind of, uh, people will listen to these, to these, to these, uh, dissenting voices, let's say mm-hmm. now it's almost like they're trying to backtrack because maybe they're anticipating that actually if, if they're on record for, making completely full statements, then perhaps people are going to cotton on Mm. and are going to pick them up on it. I hope that they are picked up on all of the Mm. stuff that they've been saying. I hope that they're kind of hung, drawn, or quartered uh, in many respects. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be good if it does. Mm. It's like... uh, Well, you kind of answered the question I was going to put out, Elliot. Like, why would they backtrack? Why would they go against what they said at the beginning? Because I think when the pitchforks come out, when the food shortages really start, when the supply chain is entirely broken, I mean, it's not just because of the COVID, but also because of, you know, weather changes and things like of that nature. People are going to want someone to blame. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like Fauci coming out now, you know, Mr. Like the lockdown king, always talking about locking down how dangerous it is oh we can't open up too soon praising the states that locked down first and all that kind of stuff now he comes out and says oh yeah if we stay close for too long it's going to cause irreparable damage irreparable mm-hmm. irreparable damage mm-hmm. like what a weasel you know what i mean <laughs> like he's just the one who's sitting there like saying saying the whole time like promoting the lockdown and like spreading the fear and like and then he just turns around and says, oh, yeah, we can't do this for too long or else, uh, you know, we're going to suffer irreparable damage. It's like, thanks. Thanks, Fouch. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he's just coming out and saying that because he is anticipating, like, he knows he is going to be, you know, people are not happy with that guy. That's true. Uh-huh. People are not happy with that guy. I'm sure of it. That's true. Uh, and, uh, 
Well, he was one of the ones at first who said, well, there's no reason that anybody should be walking around right now with a mask on. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months later, you see him at a White House press conference wearing a mask. He and Dr. (laughs) Burks. And he's sitting there rubbing his face and tugging at his mask like this idiot can't even hold it together for a few minutes on camera. (laughs) Yeah. So and kind of on an interesting note is um, the uh, video that came out. uh, I believe it was uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, right? The Mm -hmm. pandemic was that the and how, um, you know, she had worked with them and revealed a lot of very concerning information (laughs) about his history in virology and all this. And then. YouTube is just on steroids trying to pull that video over and over, you know, straight up censorship. Somebody who's actually like giving documented evidence about the history of this guy, what he's involved in, what he's, you know, worked on in the past. And the fact that YouTube is censoring her videos, it's just like a confirmation like, oh, don't listen to her. You know, she might actually know what she's talking about. (laughs) We're just going to censor, 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 censor. And that to me, it was a very eye-opening experience. Like, wow, she must be really onto something if they're taking down the videos at the rate that they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, they say that censorship is modern-day book burning. So censor all the YouTube videos that you can. And of course, there would be no need for censorship if the powers that be didn't feel threatened by what people had to say or whether they would be revealing like the man behind the curtain. So I'm actually, I'm not happy for a free speech when things get censored, but it is a very big clue when YouTube censors a video that that is something that you should be looking into Mm -hmm. a lot more closely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do we have anything else to add about the backtracking? We could go on for multiple shows on this, I think. Yeah, well, I guess maybe we can talk about this in an upcoming show. But one of the major things that people keep flip-flopping about is the whole mask issue. Mm -hmm. But we can talk about that during our next show. But for now, just... It helps to pay attention. I know it sucks to watch the news. Sometimes watch the news, the mainstream news, just to see what the current narrative seems to be and what agenda they're pushing. But really, it's really a hassle to actually watch the news because it's so mired in fear-mongering and lies. It's kind of like a comedy show. If you get yourself in the right frame of mind, you can have a good laugh, but... A lot of times it's very annoying and nerve wracking and you just want to shut it out. But it's important to keep up with things just to see what might be coming down because they always seem to kind of let you know, like we still have uh, what is this pandemic two coming up, <laughs> according to Bill Gates. The second Stay wave. Tuned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the second wave. Whatever that means, I'm sure we can all come up with our own theories of what that might be. But we have to remember that this is still fairly early into the game. And this, in many ways, or in my opinion, is just a kind of a test run 
to see what they can get away with, see how people react to the things they're saying and what what kind of uh, restrictions they're implying or implementing. And uh, maybe for phase two, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is our show for today, folks. If you like this video, hit the like button. You can also subscribe, leave a comment, and we will catch you next time for our next show. Have a good day, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.